What happens in the out? What happens? It's, it, it's Pam in the yeah. dirty microwave. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Pam in the dirty microwave. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Harry Potter in the Chamber of Secrets. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everyone. Welcome back to Threat Level Podcast, a podcast where we talk about The Office. Uh, I am Jamie, and today I am joined by the incomparable Justin. Hello. Do not even try to compare me. <laughs> and the uh, illustrious Bethany. Oh my! Hello. <laughs> and today uh, we will, in a few moments slash several minutes, be discussing uh, the episode "Frame Toby." But one of the crucial, most important plots in this story uh, of this episode is when Pam is upset about the explosion in the microwave. So this mm-hmm. got us thinking about shared space pet peeves. So I would like to know. Uh, whether this be a roommate or just, uh, for, exa- for example, a shared office space situation, what sort of things really bother you um, to the point where maybe you would even go and, and write a passive aggressive note? Um, so uh, I don't want to I don't want to start off on a note that discourages <laughs> other people from talking sure. or from like from like sharing their truths. But <laughs> Uh, to me, like the biggest, like pet peeve I have with sharing space with people is people who like make living with them or working with them to be like too like contractual, like, like Mm -hmm. people who put up notes and say that like, oh, we need to share, like we need to share the cleaning duties and we need to like... Uh... So like um, a so like a chore a chore wheel is like out of, it's too much. Yeah, right. That's that's <laughs> way too. Like it's just like you just, you live in a space and part of living is cleaning up. And if like not everybody has the same idea of what clean is, then that's true. Just, to me, like that's just a kind of a, a thing that you got to live with. But mm-hmm. if one person is cleaning a disgusting microwave, that like then next year find new roommates. No, but this is a workplace. <laughs> Yeah, I know, it, but it's like that that note doesn't like it's not introducing the concept of a clean microwave to people. Like it's not like right. or if someone just keeps throwing your throw pillows down <laughs> and they never pick up your throw pillows. Well, I mean like if I, I just like sit on the couch. Maybe somebody likes to sit on the couch and not sit on the throw pillows. <laughs> you're not you're not uh, meant to sit on the throw pillows, are you? <laughs> You're meant to you're lean not against, meant to sit on the throw pillows. You're meant to lean against the throw pillows. That oh, take up half of the couch. It like, makes it... You bought an entire couch, <laughs> and you can only use half of it. Uh, <laughs> I think like I think like that like uh, scheduling time and like making sure that this needs to be cleaned once a week. Like that is way too much for me. Like I would rather just yeah. live. And um, if I have to clean more than you, then I have to clean more than you. And if I have to clean less than you, or like if your idea of being clean is more than my idea, when I see you cleaning, I will be more likely to clean more because like I don't yeah. want you to have to clean alone. Right. So like this idea that we have to like hash out some agreement <laughs> is is too much for me. That's fair. Yeah. But I guess like it works if you do have someone who will occasionally clean at least. But if you're yeah. in a situation where you're 
workmates or roommates are just complete filth it's <laughs> it can be <laughs> tough you know like like if you're trying to go and use i don't know like say you want to microwave something and you're like ah, i'm gonna use a plate perfect but all the plates and all the forks are dirty because no one washes them and mm-hmm. then it, you're like automatically stuck washing all of them yeah right or you just wash the one that's yours and i like, mean you can they are living but in then a, nobody yeah. washes Right, and yeah, then it just starts. You wash them. Then it just starts to grow like mold <laughs> yeah, and exactly. stuff. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, that's. Do you I not have a, a specific thing then, Justin? That a pet peeve? That is the thing. Like I, oh, I, the I pet literally peeve is people like wanting you to clean. Not people wanting me to <laughs> on clean, a schedule. <laughs> making yeah. like a contract out of it. Uh, that's fair, because you because in a way it should just be an, an, like expected. Yeah, not, like it's yeah. it's just a part of living, and also I mean like to reframe the issue. Somebody doesn't think that that's a dirty microwave. Somebody thinks that this is fine. I can microwave my food in this. Yeah. And like, who are you to tell them that that's not okay? Like, who, like, your definition of clean is different from theirs. But if you're the one that's holding the higher standard, then shouldn't you be held to having to clean to that standard? Hmm. Because there is no that. skin off their back. Right. Like if someone's, you know, yeah, I can see that for sure. But your food begins to smell like whatever is True. stuck in the microwave when you might. It's so So you gross. should clean it. Yeah, somebody should. We all should. <laughs> well, I feel like I it's agree not. With Pam. Yeah, I agree with Pam and too. I'm like, very <laughs> right? Um, I, yeah, because how hard is it really to just like wet a cloth and like wipe it down? And first of all, like if you're exploding shit all over the microwave, you need to first of all learn how to use a microwave, and mm-hmm. then get yourself under control a little bit. And, like, most of the time, like, if it's a workplace, you have, like, a cleaning person that comes in and cleans. True. And, like, that's really unfair to, like, have them when you can just – when it's easy to clean off is when it first splatters on right. the microwave. You get a white – even a paper towel and just wipe it off. But to let it crust there for yeah. somebody else to clean, like, I feel like that's that's the same as, like, throwing your litter on in the park and saying, like, somebody will clean it up. True. Or like yeah. leaving your, you know, popcorn on the floor or whatever in the movie theater and saying, Ugh. well, it's not my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just like a, a lack of common decency, basically. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. But and I think that that is understood by people as much as it is going to be understood by them. And so, like, I think, like, you can't contract your way into a better environment because once you've done that, like people, what you're doing is asking people to do what they don't want to do. Yeah. Yeah. And so when they're, so like you're making their living experience or their working experience worse because you think that they should be coming up to your level. Hmm. I don't know. It's a tough one though, because then, yeah, if you're like cleaning stuff to your level, like no one's ever going to ever pitch in and help clean anything. Cause they're like, Oh, I know that Justin is like, well, you know, like Justin is a neat freak, so he needs things a certain level. So when it gets that bad, he'll be the one who does it. And then I can just sit here in my filth. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think you're but like if I were if I were living with somebody who had a higher degree of like who were who was more of a neat freak than me, then I would want to meet them there. Right. But that's a decision that I came to on my own. And if they were to tell me that, then like I would be much less comfortable with that. OK, yeah. But I would, like, want somebody to tell me about it. Like, if if I'm doing something that's making someone, like, grossed out or yeah. mad, 
and stuff like that. Like, I would rather you tell me so I can, like, I want to just make everybody happy. Like, it, right. fine, I can take two seconds. I'd rather ha- take two seconds and clean it up than have somebody stewing over the, like, the yeah. presence of me, like, all the time. True. Yeah. Yeah. Well, huh. interesting. So that's mine. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I have something that's just very specific and I don't think it'll provoke that much discussion. <laughs> but one thing that I noticed that like almost every single person does, which drives me insane, is when you're doing dishes, like for example, if you're using a sponge and then mm-hmm. people just let the damp, like water-filled mm-hmm. sponge linger in like the empty sink. Yes. And I'm like, can we just squeeze the damn sponge out and put it to the yes. side? Like, what are we doing? I'm like, bacteria. <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, I feel like most people I've encountered in my life just let the sponge lie in there. And I'm always just, like, slightly annoyed by it. And I'm like, oh. yeah, I get that. We have a, in, in our work, we have, like, a spiral thing in the sink that, like, holds oh. sponges. Oh, yeah. So it's like not sitting on anything, which I think is kind of nice, but it still grosses me out to have some have it in like in, in the something. Sink. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In the sink. Yeah, just squeeze it out and put it on the corner, like everybody is supposed to. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we need like a sponge, like a banana rack for sponges. There are social norms, people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that we're all in agreement about the sponges. I really yes. thought for a while that I was like the only one. No, that's disgusting. At my work, people just leave like leave the sponge in there, and it just like oh, it's just sopping wet. And then I have to, and who knows what people have been pouring over it? It might right. not even be water. Now I have to squeeze it out. Ugh, no. And it's like cold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Ugh. cold and gooey. A cold sponge is never a good sponge. No. <laughs> <laughs> and my pet peeve, you may have already got a little preview from it. Is <laughs> preview of it is when. I have beautiful throw pillows on the couch <laughs> and they feel very comfortable to lean against. And someone just throws all the throw pillows mm-hmm. in the dusty corner of the living room. <laughs> I mean, and then every day I have to pick it up and fluff the couch and then fluff the pillows and then lay the pillows down every speaking day. Of, speaking of down, sometimes multiple like times a day, what the one pillow <laughs> is filled with. And down apparently is just code for you could take knives. You could take the salt. <laughs> just pillow. knives poking out of the yeah. Pillow. That one I will give it to him. That one is really uncomfortable. Like it's literal feathers, and they poke out. Yeah, I don't know who thought that was and, a good and idea. Of course, that's on my side of the couch. Well, I can sweet. I can change that. I can put the skull pillow on your side, mm-hmm. and then that. So, It'll yeah. just go off the edge. Of- I guess it's just people ruining my aesthetic. Is what yeah. I, is my pet peeve. But I get that, like. I care about what something looks like a lot more than it should, so I I get that people would be annoyed with me, like trying to make everything look. I think that my mom has a lot to do with that. Like, oh yeah. Has, has instilled me the need for everything to like look good in my house, but keeping like up appearances, keeping up appearances, yeah. or like decorated a certain way or whatever. I don't know. So I'm always fixing stuff. That makes sense. Does that happen at the library too when you like put up a display? Do people oh, like yeah. move the books around and you're like, what? I'll just like stare at them. Like, oh, <laughs> like that one time that I built a fireplace out of red books. Yeah. And like, I picked the books that no, like in the darkest corners, whatever, I picked them. And naturally someone's like, do you think I could see the bottom one right there? Oh, I'm like, no. are you kidding me? <laughs> yes, of course you can. But like, can't you just wait a month? Right. <laughs> 
Oh man. I'll order it from another library. Well, right. That's why you think it's glazed. No, I. So that people see them. Those are not the books that were on display, though. There were books that, that were on true. display plus the fireplace. Right. That was just the display. Like, yes. the structural integrity. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, good. Yeah. Those are some some solid some solid pet peeves, I think. Um, the question is, is any is anyone going to change to accommodate them? I don't know. What if we wrote a contract to make them change? Yes, let's, let's do Justin's pet peeve. I probably would never go that far. <laughs> Be like, if you're going to take that bottom book from my... Come, my I'll book just continue, I'll just continue to slam the pillows on the couch and, <laughs> and dramatically puff them <laughs> perfect alright uh, speaking of dramatically puffed um, I guess that brings <laughs> us to uh, season 5 episode 9 which is frame Toby dun 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 and uh, probably one of the most iconic cold opens of the entire show Oh yeah, Just... that's a jip. Oh no, open. what is it? I didn't watch the episode before. Oh, it's no, God, no. no. Oh right, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so Michael discovers that Toby has in fact come back. Which there, in what world? I know that he, as he said, he's like trying to avoid going back there because he has feelings for Holly still, and it's very troubling for him. But like, how can he, being the person who sits at the front corner? Never witness Toby leaving or coming or doing anything for presumably yeah. weeks. Like, uh, what? I think I think he was one in denial. Like, oh, I think maybe he caught him out of the corner of his eye, and he was like, "Oh, I like uh, I thought I just saw Toby." <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, can't possibly be. be funny. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't this uh, the one where he parcels two brownies to save for later because it's healthier? Well, and he intends to. <laughs> As Dwight, <laughs> as Dwight reminds him later. <laughs> oh. But I also think he uh, just is like when he when he discovered YouTube, he didn't work for three days. True, yeah. And when he uh, and and like Netflix and Movie Mondays, like he's looking at a screen a lot. Yeah, that's true. And his eyes, because he sleeps in his office a lot. <laughs> He's looking at his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um of course it does make for some good some good comedic effect. But it's also it's funny the way that uh Michael tries to go about like what is it what is the intent with him going in and trying to be nice for example? Do you know like when he goes in and he's like trying to talk Just to him about second chances. Oh, is he trying to, like, convince him to go back to Costa Rica, maybe? Do you think? Or is he I actually so. trying to be nice? I think I think it's between him actually trying to be nice and him no <laughs> wanting to pretend to be nice so that he can be mean to Toby. When like, has he ever even made an attempt with Toby? Just now. Just... I thought that was all to get him to go back to Costa Rica. Like, hey, buddy, yeah, that sounds really good. You should yeah. go back. He's like, oh, yeah, you should have got an air conditioner. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just like I just like when he his just reaches his, his point uh, his breaking point and has to walk away which is coupled when he was like missed you you were part of like part of your family and like has to really like struggle to push family out <laughs> which is so sad because like it's it's if we remember has it happened already is it in the future when they're having the um uh, therapy session and Michael starts oh, really opening future. up. 
Yeah, because yeah. it's like, oh my gosh, if like he actually accepted his help, he would actually be able to get farther and not act so much like a child. But is that after he spanks Luke? Yeah, yeah that's for yeah, spanking that's Luke. That's what it is. <laughs> don't, don't bother Luke. Classic. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's either spanking someone, kissing someone. <laughs> <laughs> Culture, culturally appropriating someone you know uh-huh. another day in the life uh, but um but yeah and then they come up with the the scheme to, to first of all try to like get pam to be sexually harassed by toby yeah. <laughs> don't it's read a, this it's a nice try it's a solid effort it's a solid effort except for like of course she knows him and will read the note but also yeah. you never tell someone like don't read this and then hand it to them and walk away <laughs> he's like so jolly when he comes up to her i know like he's figured out the answer to life yeah um, but like I, there's absolutely nothing to be concerned about it's just a note just go give it to toby yeah. it's totally I do like whenever Pam gets snarky, though, like that. Yeah. Like, she's like, I'm not going to listen to you. Screw this. Yeah. Just like when Ryan comes up and he's like, ah, I liked the note, but uh, someone's <laughs> got to clean that out. And she's like... That was weird to me. Really? I loved it. Because she's, when she's just like, well, that's why we have a temp. And yeah. He, like, yeah. walks away. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I like, I like Pam in this episode when she's not writing the note, but... Uh, <laughs> I do like I mean like the the fact that Ryan is coming up to her and basically telling her to clean yeah. is that's weird. Like, it is weird, yeah. Um I guess it it's, I, don't, me, I don't know, it kinda reminds me of like paper Michael Scott Paper Company era Ryan, where yeah. he's like, You could make the copy. He's like, Oh, I'm terrible at these things, you yeah. know me, like I can't do was this, right. the, was this the episode where he was like, Oh, responsibility and stuff? No, this is um I would, I'd mess that up. Oh, I'd, I'd mess that up. Yeah, he says the same things about making a coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Just his usual MO. Uh-huh. And of course, he be, continues to be a douche in this episode later on when he breaks yeah. up with Kelly again. I go to Thailand <laughs> yeah. with some high schoolers. Yeah, with my and high school friends as well. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, are we almost at Mike or Scott, Mike or Mike or Scott, Michael Scott Paper Company? I thought we were past Michael Scott Paper Company. No. No, we can't be. Right Kelly's now. not part. Or not Kelly. Um. Oh my gosh, what's her name? The receptionist, Erin, not part of the show yet. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. But um, um. Yeah. Yeah. We got off. Uh, you were talking about Ryan. Oh yeah, Ryan being terrible, and also yeah. like when he's like, she's like, I broke up with Daryl with for the for you, and he's like, Hey, that was all you. Don't put that on me. Yeah. Even though he's literally <laughs> the one who. Literally <laughs> Yeah, it's like he's the one who sent the text, like with her phone. They actually sent it together. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, it's true. He uh, wrote, it. he drafted it. Yeah. Uh, Ryan. I don't understand how some people, like, some people are really into like the Ryan Kelly relationship, and I guess it's because it's ridiculous. But, ugh. I think it's the same people who are into like the Joker and Harley Quinn. Oh yeah, just I like every. Mindy Kaling and BJ Novak's relationship outside of the office too. Like they're so uh, cute. I mean, they're not together, but they're best friends. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, I guess. But as like a completely self-destructive couple, it's sort of just like painful to watch at times. You know. Yeah. I, I don't feel like people love self-destructive. Oh, couples. they absolutely. No, they love do. Love yeah. Toxic relationships. They love Pink. Pink. What? The singer. That's all she sings about. Oh. <laughs> 
just toxic relationships. Didn't you sing about a party and how it's once? Like too? true love. Yeah. Actually, she that song is called True Love. Oh. Pink sings a song called True Love, and I'm trying to remember what else she says in it. <laughs> but it's definitely not like act like it's it's a toxic relationship for sure. Yeah. I like hate you so say, much that I love you. Like, the people say it's unhealthy if you're not fighting in your relationship. Yeah. I don't know about that. Like, <laughs> people say that a lot. Yeah. They really what? do. I'm like, is this really what should be anticipated in relationships? Yeah. Like, maybe, like, small quibbles or, like, squabbles or whatever the word is. But, squibbles? I forget. <laughs> but, yeah, Wonkles. if you're just, like, screaming at your partner, like, daily, that seems... People yeah. like the drama, I feel. They do, yeah. It's yeah. tough. How will they have that Dawson's Creek romance without a little fighting? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gotta find an older teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, the shows I, all, all the shows I watch have an inappropriate student-teacher relationship. Yeah, Degrassi. Yep. Mm-hmm. Was, there one, was there one in One Tree Hill, too? Yep. Oh, no. And there was one in, in Dawson's Creek. There were two in Dawson's Two, there, even. Every, Everyone I watch, like, there's an inappropriate student teacher. That's unfortunate. Dawson's Creek, right off the bat, first season. Oh, gosh. That's so weird that it's, like, such a common trope. And I guess it's, like, maybe has to do with, like, students, like, some students, like, being perceived as more responsible and adult-like, which then is, I don't know, somehow enticing. But it is strange that it, that it's in, it's so prevalent in pop culture. And also, you make it think, it, it makes you think if, like, kids watching it are, like, Oh, okay. So if I if I have like these like sexy feelings for my teacher, it's totally like cool, and maybe I can try to pursue it or something. You know? Who, yeah. Who does it happen to in Degrassi? I can't remember, but I know it does. It must. I was trying to remember too. It was the fake one with the bald guy and the oh oh they, girl. they that's right they start spreading rumors about um what's his name Mr. Sam- Mr. Samson the oldest twenty nine year old you ever did <laughs> Mr. Simpson yes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not remember. Let's not recall that he was twenty nine there because, good God, I had myself a nice existential crisis. I know. I look in the mirror now and I'm like, oh no, do I look like him secretly? But I can't tell. <laughs> and then you're like, surely the actor is actually fifty. And then, you, and then you look it up on IMDb, and he is true to his age on the oh, show. No. It's so crazy because like it it is weird when you think of that because sometimes thinking about like 29 even into like 30s you're like it's so young but then you do see some people and you're like oh god (laughs) maybe it's not that young the faces on every kid at the library when i say my my age they're like oh what that's older than my mom and i'm like oh Sweet, sweet cherub. <laughs> sweet summer child. <laughs> sweet summer child. <laughs> oh man. Speaking of like, anyway, wow. Speaking of someone like not really acting their age, I love everything that Creed does in this episode. Like from the beginning, when he finds out that Jim's house is near the quarry, and he's like, "Yeah, we should totally hang out and throw things down there, throw stuff in it." <laughs> <laughs> and then when the cops come and he's like just pretend like uh, we're doing this interview until they leave <clears throat> i uh i used to live near a quarry i used to live oh. near a few quarries did you throw things down it all the time <laughs> <laughs> like what kind of thing not like rocks and people stuff. Oh, okay. like litter people, yeah, bodies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but there is there are a few 
few more few purer joys in life than throwing <laughs> things in a quarry. <laughs> oh man, can you imagine like growing up in Pennsylvania? The small town country life. Yeah, small town country life. I remember it wasn't quite a quarry, but I remember there was like a very steep um, like drop off behind my grandma's house. And I remember we used to always like chuck shit down there too. So there's something about like chasms that you just want to chuck things in, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. What I wonder means. if like, because like sometimes like when I'm like walking in a mall, I want to like jump off the second floor, <laughs> like just to see what would happen. <laughs> like, surely death. Like, at least you're like, broken kinda, limb. You kind of get like the same feeling on clips, and I wonder if that's like a way to like to indulge that feeling, like to throw Maybe. stuff off. Of it. Right, that you always want to like throw pennies pen. off of the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, right, always. Always. <laughs> <laughs> I. It is kind of strange that there's that sort of desire to either like throw oneself or something off a, a tall thing. Yeah. I think I read once somewhere too that um, uh, pilots can't like look at the ground when they're is it taking off or if they're landing one of the two, they have to like not look at the ground. Cause it like makes you want to like slam into it somehow. I don't remember where I read this or what it was probably like one of those top five lists from 2004, yeah. but uh, it's just like a weird human phenomenon. I don't know. Yeah. We're the strange. French call it the call of the void. <gasps> L'appel du vide. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Oh. What was I just about to say about throwing yourself, throwing stuff off of something? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it was probably really good. You were probably thinking about throwing Jim off something or the other. Like, yeah. Which let's let's talk about the fact that Jim has. Oh, isn't there a YouTube station of like people throwing stuff off of really high places? Really? Oh wait, wait, wait. One that I would want to. Yes, watch. they do slow motion, right? Oh, so. I think I know what you're talking about. They're and like I think that was Vonge showed it to us. They were like throwing a bowling ball. Yeah. Off yes. I've yeah. seen this yeah. too. Yeah. And they're throwing it into like kiddie pools and stuff. Yeah. Like, it's like mm. oddly satisfying. It is. Yeah. It's just like the weird things that all humans find satisfying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> things that are just greater than you. Things that will like you can be like, if I were under that, I would so die. Right. <laughs> yeah. I would be dead. True, true. Anyway. Death aside, um, what do we think about the fact that Jim went and bought his parents' house? Control freak. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, and it's like his old house. I think it's worth a conversation. I, I yeah. would never want somebody to surprise me with a house. No. Same. Like, and it's tough because you can tell as Pam's walking around that she's not, like, really sold on it. I mean, at the end, she's like, I love it because it's, like, the gesture, I think, that mattered. Like, he he want, he envisions a life, like, a future for them, which is appealing she's to her. She's worried about what he'd do if she said she didn't. <laughs> you couldn't. You couldn't say you don't like it if someone Oh, it's too late. It like, it, you can't. You work with what you have now. Right. <laughs> yeah. And she has her little, it's... like, makeshift studio now, so. Which and I especially thought. Especially if it were, like, your like my parent, like if I bought my parents' house and just like surprised you with it, you'd be like, "No." Yeah, I'd be like, "Could we not get a better house than your parents' dumb house?" I like my parents' house. Ooh. <laughs> it's pretty. It's just like in the middle of nowhere. As Bethany pulls out the deed to the house, so yeah. Oh, this is awkward. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess like, what are you gonna say? Because he's already purchased it and stuff. But I did think it was cute. I, I did like the gesture of him like 
taking stuff out of the garage to be like, and you could have like a working space. Like mm-hmm. that was a nice thought. Yeah, it's too bad he did it just because he knew that she would be upset because he bought a house without her knowing. With so the clown on the wall and his like, shag carpet. You yeah. can't be mad because I made an art studio. Right. In the I've seen on the internet whenever they're they post like a still of the garage sale episode and Jim and Pam are selling the picture of that clown. Yeah, so they somehow get it out. So they got it out. Must not be that that integral to the structure. Yeah. The structure? <laughs> structure. Um, yeah, and the shag carpet is just... I like also that they both just agree not to sleep in the master bedroom because yeah. it was his parents. <laughs> I'd feel so weird. But I also wouldn't want to sleep in his childhood bedroom either. Like there yeah. is no... We'd have to build a third. Just <laughs> yeah, just sell the house at that point. Yeah, but um, it's also interesting earlier in the episode too when Pam is like trying to talk to Jim about how frustrated she is with the microwave, and he just don't, <laughs> doesn't want to have anything to do with it. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you should at least maybe like listen. Maybe he's been. Maybe we missed like the 35 minutes of her talking about it, but it seems like that's the first time she's really talked about it, and he's like, okay. And that's like the only time she talks to him about it. I know. I think, well, they, they do. This is the episode that I really do remember that they cut out a lot. Because um, mm-hmm. uh. they do cut out like an entire monologue of her standing up in front of everybody. And like giving reasons why they should clean out those. Like uh. it's on the DVDs. So I think in the DVDs it really pushes the idea that she is nonstop talking about it. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, they shouldn't have cut it out maybe. Yeah, I actually um, was at the dollar store a few months ago and found season five of The Office on DVD for like two bucks or something. Ooh! So I have the DVDs, but now it's kind of like, eh. I guess if the if yeah. N- so now if NBC or whatever takes it off of Netflix, I can. It you- seems that's the direction they're going, and uh, Parks and Rec is coming off. Which like what is I don't know what's going on because like it's basically turning into buying individual channels again like when you can never right yep and like the nbc app sucks so much so bad their video player is so bad that's the thing like the same thing with cw uh, because that like those shows um used to come on like episode by episode on netflix and then it or was it hulu one of the two um but then they took it off but like trying to watch through the cw app i'm just like ugh, i can't be bothered plus like who has time for commercials you know yeah (laughs) even like even like Crunchyroll, which I'm pretty sure is run by the same people who run Hulu. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, their their player is so bad. It's so bad, and like the commercials are like, you watch so many commercials and they're all the exact same. So you're watching oh. the the one same commercial. And it's like I'm paying every monthly for this. It's it's what I think it's seven ninety nine a month. I'm paying for this. You can get like the next tier. Which right. I don't think that cuts. Maybe it cuts out ads. You but from what so. I was reading, it, like, gives you discounts for cons. Oh. oh. Yeah, it's, like, a weird... Because I was going to get the next tier, but then I'm reading it, and I'm like, it doesn't offer anything but discounts into, con- into like, Crunchyroll events. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Uh, well, you guys could just start the con cir- circuit. Yeah. Yeah. Gotta get our cosplay. Get your here. cosplay out. Go three-hole punch gym. <laughs> <laughs> there was a three-hole punch gym at last year's TechoCon. Was there? Yep. I took uh-huh. a picture of Huh. Yeah. yeah. So at this point, uh, and but it's like people liked Netflix and Hulu because it was convenient, mm-hmm. and yeah. the more you take away that convenience, the less people are going to use it. Like that's why people didn't stop pirating stuff because 
they felt guilty about it. They stopped pirating stuff because it was more convenient to watch Netflix than it was to pirate something. Right. And, like, do, do the networks not get a royalty? They must. It? Like, I'm sure they get something for the, it being on Netflix. But they have to give Netflix a cut. True. For right. Posting it. Yeah. But it's, like... Everyone just creating yeah, but it's also yeah. like it's it's not logical to think that everyone is just going to like rush to, you know, an M- NBC subscription yeah. or something. You like know? we will like not watch The Office like that that if you took it off and put it on NBC like that is we wouldn't keep watching it. Right. It's like if you had like a slew. Well, it, yeah. There's just like no amount of shows. Like NBC doesn't have that many shows that it would be worth spending that much money monthly to be able to continue watching just basically one show. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's the only reason why Netflix, like that's why people subscribe to Netflix. We have the DVDs. They have stuff they want to watch on there. But if we didn't have DVDs, I don't know. We might watch it illegally. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But we might not. Hypothetically. (laughs) Just to cover bases. But, uh, (laughs) cut that out. Madison. Um, (laughs) but, um, yeah. So I guess like going back to the episode, we have the whole framing situation um, with the Caprizi salad and uh-huh. nothing really becomes of that. I do like that Michael backs out really quick and he's like, it's mine. I didn't mean yeah. it. And, and all that stuff. Oh, classic Michael thinking that like the warehouse workers would have like drugs. Yeah. On them. Right. Not even his own though. Like the Van- <laughs> Bob Vance ones. Yeah. Bob Vance. <laughs> Extra shady uh, warehouse workers. Yeah. But I like also how quick they are on their feet to be like, oh, we're just going to throw something. He'll never know. Although, yeah, like, yeah. you can't tell me that you could look at and see, like, a pizza, piece of mozzarella and some <laughs> tomato and be like, oh, this must be some good shit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> must be that Italian weed. That, yeah. yeah. It's, you know, it's an extra tier. It's classic. Like a crazy strain. <laughs> <laughs> just a little garnisher, you know? Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much like, do you have anything else that you wanted to mention from what happens in the episode? Mm, we do have Dwight. like, yeah, Dwight. we we have Dwight's ending scene, which is pretty fun, Wait. which is the whole, like his crime situation with Tiffany. He oh, steals yeah. the chandelier. Was, yeah. <laughs> the perfect crime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah. No, yeah, I think that was everything. Or I guess when uh, they're trying to seduce Toby before they give it the thing to Pam, uh, Dwight's like, I got this. And starts like unbuttoning his shirt. And he's like, good thing I wore mustard today. And Michael's just like, no one finds you attractive. Bye. Wait, is this the episode? No, is this the episode where Michael gives Pam a letter to give to Toby? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And it says like, no matter how much I yes. kick and scream. Yeah. <laughs> Hug and kiss me no matter how much I, I kick and scream. Yeah. I'm shy to tell you I love you. That's terrible. It's so terrible. Oh, man. Um, do you guys have any quotes that you liked from this episode? Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to give I'm gonna give these to Bethany and let her pick one. Oh. Pick her favorite one. Because I didn't get to... Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Well, this one like goes off the edge. Since when is it illegal to put caprizi salad anywhere? A- anywhere. Oh. Yeah. I'm guessing that's my favorite one out of the ones he chose. 
<laughs> Yikes. I like the conviction. Um, I liked when he's like talking about Toby and he's like, it's like trying to be friends with an evil snail. <laughs> and then goes on to his little rant about Nev Campbell and Scream 2. Yeah. There's a lot of lessons to be had from that movie. <laughs> this is just one of them. <laughs> um, I love catching people in the act. It's why I always whip open doors. <laughs> I like how Michael is also just like, me too. As if he actually does that. Um, I like when they're trying to, he's trying to get Toby to punch him and Ryan's like, yeah, punch him. And they're like, come on, Ryan, whose side are you on? Like he's really hurt about it. Yeah. Um, that seems awfully mean, but sometimes the ends justify the means. Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> very clever. It's very like a, that's how the, the turntables type quote. Oh. Yes. <laughs> I like when Dwight was like, I framed a bear for eating out of the trash. Which that implies that he was eating out of the trash. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that was my last one. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much all I have as well. There is the one that was like, you must feel pretty good about yourself right now after he frames Toby and Toby's like, what? Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, then let's talk about trivia. Do you have any trivia? Um, well, we've answered most of these. Oh. Uh, what company? Nope, that's not it. <laughs> uh, what are the what are what are Michael's suppliers doing when Michael approaches? Uh, nothing. <laughs> aren't they packing a truck? Hmm? They're packing a truck, I think, aren't they? No, oh. they're on their lunch break. Uh, oh, well, that explains the caprizi. Oh, that's not the answer to the question. <laughs> oh, are they smoking or something? No, they're they're throwing those, like, I call them nitro poppers. Oh. That, like, firework that, like, you throw. Oh, and it oh yeah. That's right. Um... And my only other question is, what is on Jim's couch? His couch? Mm-hmm. A bl- an afghan. It is a basketball and a guitar. Oh, like, we get it, Jim. <laughs> you like basketball and you wish you could play the guitar. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, we it's never... It's like a dirty basketball on their couch. I'd be like, like get you're that married. asphalt covered basketball off the couch you've bounced that on the ground no, he yeah. hasn't or he just bought it <laughs> it's still in the box <laughs> <laughs> he just wants to show everyone am i the only one that used to try to bounce the basketballs in like dick's sporting goods while they were in that box oh no or, or, like, i definitely, definitely did tried to. <laughs> and it just like bounces away from you mm-hmm. right <laughs> there was there it was how frustrating was it when you would shoot a basketball into the hoop and then it would hit the stupid thing on the bottom and it would kick the basketball like all the way across the court? Oh, yeah. And it would like hit yeah. your parents' car. I mean, that didn't happen too much with me, but I was always swish, swish, swish. That's well, true. It's Bethany right was under on... the hoop. Like you could be swish, swish, yeah, swish. No, no, no. And it it was a perfect swish. Oh, she and was, didn't come she back was super to you. swish because uh-huh. you were on the team, right? I was on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> We were just. I don't know. We were the blue team. Uh-huh. <laughs> no, I thought you did. Didn't you do basketball as a sport, or was it a different sport? I mean, I was in like fourth grade. That's still uh, relevant. And the coach broke my finger, and I had to quit. <laughs> oh my god! What? Purposefully? He, like, threw, he threw a ball at me, and I wasn't ready, and it bent my pinky back and broke Oof. it. Ouch! And then 
And then... What do you do, like, as the coach in that situation? You're just uh, like, oh, he was, fuck. He was a super big yeah. asshole about it. He was like, you're fine, go run it under cold water. And, like, <laughs> but it was broken, and I went to the hospital, and they bandaged my pinky away from all my other fingers. Oh. So my finger was starting to grow. My pinky was starting to grow, like, away from all my other fingers. So I had to go to the doctor and get it rebroken. I thought they always, like, strapped it to your ring finger. They usually, they should have. They did it wrong. Uh, They did the opposite of what they're supposed to do. Right. And I went to the doctor's and he was like, he had a pen on it. He had a pen like on the side of my finger. He was like, let me just like take a look at it. And he just cracked it and broke it again. Oh shit. And then strapped it. And he said I was the bravest 12 year old he's ever seen. And you're like, I didn't know what was happening. Yeah. And I only cried when he left the room. Did you get like a sticker or like a lollipop or something at least? No, his his compliment was good enough for oh, me. Okay. Because That's as good. a thirty-one year old person, I am still recalling that story <laughs> to anyone I meet. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly I have I have heard this story so since. many times. Have you? <laughs> I think I've also heard it now that I remember. <laughs> this is why you think she used to play basketball. People usually True. remember that they've heard it when they hear and he said I was the bravest twelve year old he's ever seen. It's like, oh yeah. Is that Bethany Spina, the, the bravest. bravest twelve year old? <laughs> Love it. I tell you, I didn't shed a tear that afternoon. Not a tear. Not a single one. Oh man. Um here, let me knock these trivia out of the way. I may have told it on the podcast before. I think you did. I think you did. <laughs> everyone listening is like Maybe you told us on basketball, like the first episode. <laughs> <laughs> the quality was so bad we wouldn't be able to understand you it might, now anyway. So this may not be the last time you hear it. <laughs> I hope not. I like, really do. No. Um okay, so a couple of quick fire questions. How many times does Michael Scott say no at the beginning? Five. Four. Ooh, close. It was six. Well, well if you count the last one that gets cut off. I don't. So I, <laughs> I do not. Oh. Uh, what, second one, what road is uh, Jim's new house on? New old house. Um, Linden? Yeah. Linden. All right. Linden out. <laughs> nice. What's that a road in, like, a major street in Buffalo? Yeah, and this is why, like, every time he says it, I'm like, why do I know that name? Mm-hmm. Mm. We used to walk down Linden all the time. Was it also sketch because Phyllis was like, oh, when he said what part of town <laughs> <Yeah>. it was? <laughs> um, let's see. How much did Michael pay for the uh, Caprizi salad? $500. Which is insane. First of all, who carries 500 <laughs> in cash? Salad. Right. <laughs> but why is he carrying also that much money in cash? I'm like, what? For yeah, two pounds. If anything, just to make him look like an accomplished businessman. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, that was his last paycheck. <laughs> um, and the last question I have is, uh, in all of Dwight's story, where in the end did he stash the chandelier? Uh, Berlin. Yeah, nice. <laughs> I say we'll meet in Paris, but I don't go there. I don't trust her. I go to Berlin. <laughs> that's where I stashed 30 it. 30 years later, that's where I stashed the chandelier. <laughs> oh, man. Nice. Um, all right, let's do some Dundees. Who deserves something in this episode? If anyone. I'll give, I'll give the Kurt Russell Dundee to Michael Scott for his brilliant performance as Toby's friend. Oh, nice. He deserves that. Um, 
I'm going to give the poor Toby, uh, Dundee to Toby, of course, um, because Michael was rude and knocked all of his vacation photos all over the floor. Yeah, that was really hard to watch. It was. I'm going to give the super sweet margin award to the guys that sold Michael Scott. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's quite the... (laughs) Shark Tank would be proud. They really would. Oh, man. Cool. So I guess we have uh, ratings to do. Yep. What do you think Uh, this is worth, Justin? I will rate it a two shady drug dealers out of five. (laughs) A Uh, two? Wow. What brought it down? I don't think I laughed at all this episode. Hmm. Uh, I think it was just pretty boring. Yeah. That's fair. Um, I'm trying to remember if I laughed, which is never a good sign. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know that it was that bad, though. So I think I'm going to have to notch it up a little bit. And I'm going to go ahead and give it three peeps of an eagle out of five. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, I'm done. Go ahead. And since I haven't watched the episode in a while, I can't think of a nice little specific out of to give. But I'm just going to give it a three out of five. Uh, uh, framed bears. Nice. <laughs> What's a framed bear? Didn't he say frame a bear for eating out of the tree? Oh, yeah. He okay, did. Right. <laughs> yep. Um, I was thinking, like, Jim's parents had a framed bear on their wall. Oh, no, just the clown. Um, All right, that brings our official threat level podcast score to um, 2.6 shady peeps of a framed bear out of five. Ooh, that was nice. I think that's about what the episode deserves. Yeah, Yeah. I'd say so. Yeah, it's just like... uh, It wasn't even, even, like, bad. Like, sometimes, like, basketball, I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. So it wasn't even bad. It was just like, this is not funny. Yeah. Just like utterly unremarkable, really. Yeah. For like the episode that Toby comes back. And I think that that's pretty, like that, that kind of sucks. I always forget about this episode. So that's not good. Yeah. Cool. I guess like, so that brings us to the end of the episode discussion then. Uh, We'll be back next time with season five, episode 10. I can't remember what the name of the episode is so check that out watch it and then come listen mm-hmm. and Wait, i got it you got it it's, it's the surplus the surplus Ooh. okay this, this is actually a good one so yeah. the surplus and um so we will be back next time with that in the meantime if you want to let us know what you thought of toby's return feel free to do so you can send us uh, an email at threatlevelpodcast at gmail.com or you can hit us up on twitter at tl underscore pcast and yeah so thanks for listening and if you want to stick around we'll move into our segment of threat level podcast after dark <laughs> <laughs> less dramatic no, than madison's welcome. usual no, welcome to threat level podcast after dark welcome <laughs> um so this for all those noobs out there is the part of the podcast where we talk about things that we've been doing thinking about reading discussing watching and since we haven't recorded in a while, hopefully everyone has something new to talk about. Bethany. Bethany. All I've been doing is watching Superstore. <laughs> Superstore? Then okay. make something up. Did I shout out Superstore last time? Oh, yeah, you did. Finally did. Ooh, yeah, you did. Watching. Well, that's good. That's good. It means that it's still captured your attention, so. Yeah. 
Um, I can talk about something that I just discovered. I think it was yesterday. Um, okay. It's a podcast called Potterless. And it's about basically a, at the time of when he started recording, a 25 year old, 25 year old, uh, 24, whatever, a mid 20s guy called Mike Schubert. And he had seen some of the Harry Potter films, but had never watched any of the, or wait, had never read any of the books. Um, so basically, what his podcast is, is he goes through several chapters at, as, at a time with sort of like his new perspective and adding, you know, um, sort of sarcastic comments from an adult perspective at how ridiculous some of the stuff is um, in the chapters. And so he has a guest on every episode and they basically just like talk about the importance of certain things in the chapter. And he sort of hypothesizes sometimes about what's going to happen in the rest of the books. Um, so I don't know, it's a lot of fun and it's, it's a nice way to like lately at one point I was like, ah, it'd be cool to reread the Harry Potter books. Cause I haven't done an actual read through in a long time. Um, yeah. so I feel like this is like a nice little recap sort of summary of things that are happen that happen throughout the book. So it's, it's nice and it feels sort of like familiar, you know, having read yeah. the books at one point in my life, but, but it's what fun. is his like opinion of the book? I think ultimately he thinks it's that they're just ridiculous, which is good. Um, but of course he's still like developing favorite characters. Like he really likes, um, the Weasley twins and, um, he, you know, talks about how he is reading the, when he's reading the book, he gets excited about all of like the terrible, like stupid things because it will give him stuff to talk about during the podcast. So it's like, right. it's a nice perspective to think about, you know, does really... he like Harry Potter? Um, I, I think that's TBD. I don't think he has anything against it. Or you mean mm -hmm. the actual per character? The character, Harry Potter. You know, he hasn't said much about him. I think he hasn't quite got to the point where Harry Potter is like super angsty yet, where we mm -hmm. all start to dislike him, but I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure that'll come. He's but the yeah. protagonist. But he you also, can't, you can't hate him. You can't, but you want to. Mm -hmm. But, um, he did talk about how annoying Dobby is though. And I was like, true. Yeah, Dobby's. <laughs> I hate Dobby. I hate any character like that. Just like a. I, I hate when Hermione gets on that house elf thing. Yeah, spew. Yeah. It's, um, well, it's funny because she's just like forcibly sort of freeing all of the house elves. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to be freed. But it's, um, it is funny that, she, that it's almost like someone who like starts campaigning for something that has nothing to do with them. It's like, okay. Yeah. Like, maybe if a house elf wanted to be the one sort of, like, promoting that movement, okay. But, right. Yeah. But, yeah. So, Potterless, it's on, yeah. at least on Apple Podcasts. That's where I listen to it. I wonder what, like, made this guy want to start this podcast. Well, you know, he was saying that apparently he had a podcast about Vine somehow when Vine was still a thing. And I think he's a YouTuber too, although I haven't looked up at any of his YouTubing stuff because um, he just sort of like offhanded, offhandedly mentioned it at some point. But um, he basically said at one point in one of the episodes, like he wanted to start a new podcast and he was like, what does, what does every single person like? And he's like, oh, Harry Potter. Oh yeah, I've never seen it. I've never read any of the Harry Potters. Oh, this could be an interesting exploration. And then he at one point was like, I've also never read any of the Lord of the Rings. So he's like, at one point said he's going to do that after this. We'll see if that actually happens. Right. But the Pokemon podcast. That too would be interesting. Although 
you would have to, I mean, you would be set for life because how many different seasons of, of <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. After they left Kanto, I'm like I'm completely lost. Yeah. But um, they still like, I mean, like Pokemon is almost at a thousand Pokemon now. And like crazy. still when you go to Kennywood, all you see is Pikachu and Squirtle. Yeah. Which are all like, you really should be seeing anyway, right? Are there like in the new in the new like nine hundred? Are there <laughs> are there any like really solid Pokemon? Yeah, there's a ton of really cool Pokemon. Hmm. I, there's one that is a ice cream cone. I called Vanillish. Um, no. There's okay. one. So there's one. So his name's Mimikyu. Oh. He he's a ghost, and he is very sad because everybody loves Pikachu. So like he makes himself look like Pikachu. <laughs> But like he's a ghost, so he's like spooky, and then oh. he has, a, and he has a move called Let's Cuddle, in which he like draws the other Pokemon like under his like cloak, his ghost cloak, and then like things happen. Really weird. <laughs> things happen. Um, and things happen. <laughs> things happen underneath his ghost cloak. Oh god, uh-huh. that's questionable. And then and apparently hurts. Oh. And there's is this a metaphor? What's happening? Chandelure, who's a ghost chandelier. Chandelier. Lord have mercy. But but he evolves from a light bulb. From a candle. Oh, Litwick. that makes sense. Uh, Litwick. That's cute. Name Nitwit. But Litwick has Litwick. like <laughs> he has like emo hair. Like oh. his wax comes down in like emo hair. Oh, that's cool. And Rowlet, like an owl Jamie's with a bow tie. Sold. I'm sold. You had a bit emo hair. You had made emo hair. Um, no, it's just, like, it's hard when you haven't, because I remember the Game Boy, like, Red and Blue, and even up till Crystal, like, were very important things in my childhood. Like, I remember just, like, walking around and spending so much time playing those and stuff. Mm. But then, like, it, it reaches a point where there's just so much that at this point, when you've, unless you've been following the story, like, up, yeah. It just seems impossible to ever jump back in because you're like, I don't know any of these Pokemon anymore. Where like when it was 150, it was very manageable. Um, yeah. Because it, it's kind of how I feel about like any like any show that's been going on forever too. Like The Simpsons. Like I remember liking some of those episodes, but at this point, I would not go back and watch them because there are way too many. Same for like South Park and stuff like that. It's just like yeah. daunting when there's so much. I mean, they're also like those like social commentary shows are like. Like, I'm not going right. to go back and watch The Daily Show from six years ago. Right, because it's not relevant. Yeah. Right. True, true. But yeah. Um, cool. So that was your Potter list. Potter list, yeah. As you could tell by us talking about Pokemon in the sense. <laughs> in um, classic Us fashion, we went on a tangent. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to shout out a game, because uh, I think last week I shouted out Song Explorer, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Exploder. No, but you can. If oh, you want. Okay. Love it as much as you do. <laughs> <laughs> I do love it. Yeah. Um, no, the game I'm going to shout out is called Cosmic Star Heroine. Oh. Uh, it is so good. It's like, so it's a, it came out on Steam a few years ago, but it's on the Switch now. Um, and... It is a, it's like a 2D JRPG, so like, think like Chrono Trigger or like Final Fantasy VI, um, kind of feeling from those vibes, but uh, more like space punk, like Final Fantasy VII, Um, and uh, so like the battle system is about like, 
you like you you have like eight attacks and like you learn more, but you can only equip eight. And like okay. every one that you use, you get locked out of it until you do this like rest move thing. Hmm. But the more so like you have to use all of your abilities because you can't keep using the same one over and over, which I really appreciate because That's a lot cool. of times like like Final Fantasy VIII, like there's a lot of cool stuff in it, but the most efficient thing to do is just to keep mashing attack right yeah uh, and so this one is more about like setting up these really huge like, combos so like if i have somebody like every few turns and everybody's on a different timer every few turns your characters will get like a buff that's like for this one turn i'm gonna do double damage oh. so you want to line that up with like abilities that are like make somebody do extra damage on their next turn or like this move does more damage based on how many other moves you've already used or uh, that's so it's like setting up these like big combos hmm. um and so it's really like you have to be really thoughtful and intentional when you're, when you're playing that um, is yeah to have actual strategy in your battle is pretty cool yeah and if... it's just like the writing is amazing the like the scenario is kind of like fine whatever but like the like the people talking to each other is awesome and like the characters are super super likable and um it's just a really really good time the battles are like always perfectly spaced apart when you open a chest you're either getting like a ton of money or a new like really useful weapon so like the whole time you're going through the game you have to like keep like adjusting your play style to like i picked up a weapon that made me like my water attacks are stronger now so now i have to like change my abilities and my strategies to like account for water attacks instead of poison attacks or something it's a really 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 so like elements and and aspect actually play into it somewhat yeah that's cool that's the thing that i found like kind of frustrating about final fantasy 14 is that like you have all these different sort of spells like water-based and fire and yet it doesn't matter in the yeah least. like you fight ifrit with fire right like, and you're like this seems counterintuitive like in every other final fantasy this would just heal him but okay yeah <laughs> yeah that's um, cool it and will... i kind of get what they're what they're doing in 14 because it's like there's no difference between hitting x and q mm-hmm. if, like it's just one of these is the right button to push yeah uh, but because of the way that they set up weaknesses and like abilities in cosmic star heroine it makes it enjoyable to be like oh i actually have a water thing um instead of stacking up on chan i'll stack up on Alyssa. um and Hmm. yeah it's really fun and like how do you do you have a party like um Mm -hmm. and how many people are so you have your 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 party caps at four um and so you start out and, and you're like the situation is you are a an agent of this organization called the I forget it. It's API. I don't remember what API stands for. Okay. Um, like the FBI. Okay. Uh, and so like you're this like counter terrorist unit thing. Hmm. Um, so you're you're Alyssa, which is who is an agent, and then like your best friend chan who by the way makes like psychic guns like creates guns out of out of the air and like telekinetically like controls them and stuff super cool cool character um so like you're like friends in that and then along the way you meet like you meet like a rock star 
and a uh like a uh, a dad a weird <laughs> weird explanation of that character but like he's like <laughs> old like he comes equipped with a dad tie oh jeez uh, like his accessory that you change is a tie uh, <laughs> but anyway there's a bunch of other characters that you meet but it's like four people in your party cool and you can swap out at any time so like even if you, like, see an enemy on, like, oh, there are robots ahead, I can, like, switch my characters to be the ones that are good at fighting robots. That's cool. Ember, like, that and was... It, Go ahead. It's, like, 40% off on the Switch store right now, so it's, oh. like, 7 bucks. Ah. Well. So it's probably cheap on Steam, too. Ah. If only I had, like, a Switch, though. Yeah. Life's greatest sadness. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one day no that sounds really fun um yeah the switching off like characters reminds me of how innovative it felt for final fantasy 10 when you could just like change people mid i was like what yeah um even though like you know you wouldn't really do it anyway but yeah you could i would um at the beginning you definitely do because it's like nobody can hit the stupid wolf right yeah or you like have the flying things you're like god damn i have to use walk i guess (laughs) Uh, (laughs) but um but yeah that's cool so it was called what again cosmic star heroine cosmic star heroine assuming heroine as in like the female version of hero yeah (laughs) (laughs) cool um what about you beth do you have anything you'd like to shout out my most recent addiction. I guess I'll just shout out on or Overcooked. <laughs> that is the opposite of what I want to shout out, which is Overcooked 2. Um, oh, we've been oh, going over to my sister, my sister's house and playing it a lot with them. Because um, it's not fun, I don't think, with one or even two people. Like, you need more people to play this game. Hmm. Um, but it's, it's the game where all of you are trying to cook food uh, to serve to, like, customers. Oh, uh, but it okay. gets really tricky and, like, there's different obstacles, like your tables are, will move around, or, and you'll get like trapped in a corner, or you'll be on a giant hot air balloon that's like flying <laughs> towards. Wow. Um, yeah, but it's just fun because you have to like strategize with the people that you're playing with before like you go into a map. Like, um, you find out what you're cooking and how you have to cook it, and you like strategize who's going to do what. Um, oh, that's fun. Try to like have me. It's it's cool because you like talk to each other, and not just play with each other, but. Okay. but it's fun it's just fun to like i don't know it's fun to be with my sister and her fiance because we just like put voices on the whole <laughs> <laughs> like, most of the time we're just like new yorkers with very thick accents trying to get so you're just going like f- like full method with this yes yeah <laughs> yeah it, it helps and that's it. when we do the best we do, th- we do the best when our accents are the most heavy oh there's got to be something something to that yes that's so funny. And it's called what? Undercooked? And overcooked. Oh, overcooked. Okay. <laughs> it's Overcooked 2. I've never played two. Overcooked. Overcooked 1 was for the um, Wii U. Oh. This one's for the Switch. Yeah. Whatever Once happened again. to the Wii U? I feel like it had it lived for like a year and then it's dead. I feel like the Wii U didn't do well. It didn't. Uh, there was a lot of messaging problems with between yeah. like, like a lot of people still to this day think the Wii U is like an add-on for the Wii. Oh. Um, not like the next console plus there's there just was a lot there of there's been a lot of hype around its release 
Like around the switch, there was maybe I just thought there was like a they lot knew of with the because switch. you were always watching stuff about it. Because they knew with the switch that they had to not do the Wii, yeah. which is why it's called like the switch and not the Wii three. Right, right, right. Yeah. Three. Well, Wii us. they learned their lesson, I guess. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, it's a fun, fun time. Cool. Yeah. And you, you were playing this with your sister. Do you? Did you guys also have a copy of that? It's like, from the library. I, uh, uh, I library. It's like you can play four players on one game. On one game. Cool. It's local. Cool, cool. Well, uh, that then is three... Wait, grammar. <laughs> there are three things that you can check out in the meantime. Um, but we will uh, attempt not to leave a month's space between episode uploads. Again, partly my fault because I can't, you know, ever edit things on time but we'll pretend that's not the issue but <laughs> for everyone who's listening <laughs> thanks for listening really not <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah so next time we'll be talking about uh season five episode 10 which is the surplus and yeah so join us then and until then have a good life bye everyone <laughs> have a good life <laughs> bye, bye. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha.